0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: I just would challenge anybody here to consider if there's any... Commandments, any rules, any any word, anything from the Lord that you say, I have a hard time with that. Um, I would encourage you to stop having a hard time with it, and this—that's the only way you—the the, the way you respond to God's word is always yes, Lord. I—it's I, difficult, Lord, but I—you're right, I'm wrong. Let God be true, in every man a what liar. If I end up at odds with the word of God, who's wrong? I am 100% of the time. He'll always be right. He always knows best, and it's—he's always working in my interests.
0: Have you ever been in a service or listening to someone speak on a commandment from the Bible and it just rubs you the wrong way? Maybe you know exactly what that feels like and what the commandment is that causes you to feel that way. Today, Pastor Bill will encourage you to lean into the parts of the Bible that make you uncomfortable. It's often these areas of discomfort that need the most surrender to God. When we surrender these uncertain parts of our understanding, God will bless us. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 26 for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: If you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, if you despise my statutes or if your soul abhors my judgment so that you do not perform all my commandments but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. And he's getting ready to go down a list. I want you to keep in mind that it's progressive. It's going to be bad at every point, but it's going to get worse. And I want to first look at the attitude of heart that causes someone to walk in disobedience, and rebellion to a God this good. First, he says, if you do not obey me and observe my commandments and if you despise my statute or if your soul abhors my judgment. So first of all, despising his statutes, his commandments or his word. I would challenge everybody here, is there, is there anything that you hear in the word that you despise it when you hear it? You don't like it. Is there any commandments, are there any things that you know you're not supposed to do? And whenever that comes up in the word, whenever somebody preaches on it, whenever it comes up in a sermon, you just kind of despise. I want to hear that. Mm. that that's a, that's the attitude of the heart. And I despise that, that particular command. Not all of them, but that one. the one that's rubbing me the wrong way, the one that's stepping on my toes. Is there any of that in you? Is there any area where you despise a commandment? Um, you, you look at it and, and, and the word despise, it means to disdain, to reject or to refuse it. It's attitude of the heart. I, I reject that. I refuse that. I've sat with people that were single and just God in their mind. God was taking too long to come through with the right girl or the right guy. And they despise the commandment to wait on the Lord, to, to be equally yoked. Well, this want to be fine. They go to church. No, nah, man, God be, be equally yoked. This is not an equal yoking. Y'all are, that, y'all are not going to be the same. And just begin to despise that commandment because God's taking too long. Um, be careful because that, that, that takes you down a road you don't want to go down. Find your people that are struggling with, with drugs. You know, despise any word against using drugs. Anything, you know, the Bible says, pharmakia. You know, it's illicit drugs. God says no one that practices will inherit the kingdom, and you have people that despise that. They try to figure out ways around it, how to make it work for the word. Um Different things. You tell a husband that's jacking up. You know, you love your wife like Christ loved. Them. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I don't, I don't like that. Some women got submit to your husband. Despise that. I like that word. Um Everybody here. There may be whatever wherever wherever that fits. So it's an attitude of the heart. Despise it. Some of you disdain, reject, or refuse, and then to abhor. It's similar. It's to detest and to cast away I, someone abhorring God's word. So I just would challenge anybody here to consider if there's any commandments, any rules, any any word, anything from the Lord that you say, I have a hard time with that. Um, I would encourage you to stop having a hard time with it. And this that's the only way you though the, the way you respond to God's word is always. Yes, Lord, I, I it's difficult, Lord, but I you're right. I'm wrong. Let God be true in every man. A what? A liar. If I end up at odds with the word of God who's wrong I am 100% of the time he'll always be right he always knows best and it's he's always working in my interest and so it it behooves you and it behooves me not to fight God uh, not to reject not to go against his word but to just come under it uh, just to yield to it and so now we're going to look at all the things that happen when they don't obey and so look at verse 16 I also will do this to you I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain for your enemies shall eat it. So first God said, there's going to be terror over you. And I don't know if you guys have lived under terror, but that, that's a horrific thing. God said, you're going to live under, you're going to live in terror. There won't be over here. You are going to be living in peace. Knowing that you just have victory over all your enemies and every time they come against you, I, I, you stomp them out and one guy chased a hundred guys away. You guys just feeling great. Over here in disobedience, you're going to live in terror. I mean, there gonna be things that frighten you, that, that grieve your heart, that break your heart. There's going to be pestilence and famine and disease. Guys, there's going to be fevers. There's going to be outbreaks among you guys, wasting disease where you just waste away fevers. Um, and God says, which will consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. Then he says, you're going to sow your seed in vain because your enemies are going to come eat it. If you guys remember the story of Gideon, when he was threshing wheat, you guys remember where he was? He was hiding. He was threshing wheat. Uh, he had found him a place, you know, hiding so that the, the Midianites didn't come jack him because the Midianites would wait. Till it was harvesting time. And when they saw that they were harvesting, the Midianites would come after they harvested all the wheat and say, thank you, guys. Appreciate all the hard work. And they take it and go back to their their land. And so Gideon was when God showed up and told him he was a mighty man of valor. Gideon was doing probably the, the most punkest thing you could be doing, hiding down really low somewhere, threshing it where nobody could see him. That's where he was when God met him. But why was he threshing like that? Because they were getting jacked like that because they had disobeyed these things. And God says, look, the, the enemies are going to come. You're going you're to work in vain. Sow your fields in vain because once it harvests, the enemies are going to come and eat it up. Not going to even get to enjoy it. That's hard. It'd be one thing to just not have, right? If you just didn't have money, that would be one thing. But if you work all week, some of y'all get paid once a month, work all month, every day, hard, have a hard month, get paid, cash your check, and then someone take it off. That's hard. That's worse than not that's worse than not having a job. At least if you didn't have a job, you could have kicked it all month. But you work hard and you still don't have anything. And that's what that's God that's what's going to happen to you guys. You're going to work just the same, but you're not going to enjoy it. The enemies are going to take it right out of your hands. That's going to be it's going to be it's going to hurt. Look at verse 17 now. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues. These are all terrible things. God says I'm I'm, I'm going to set my face against you. Instead of my eyes being upon you. Instead of the picture we got from the those that were obeying where God was looking upon them favorably. God said, I'm going to turn my face against you. I'm not going to be for you. I'm going to turn against you. Your enemies are going to come. You're going to be defeated by them. They're going to take, take you out. Those that hate you, they're going to reign over you. Imagine somebody hating you getting to be your boss. Some of y'all work in places and there are people that don't like you. Imagine that that person get the promotion. They get to be your personal boss. Somebody that hates you. God said, those that those that hate you are going to reign over you. And he says, you're going to run. You're going to flee when no one pursues you. I think I've given out that verse three times in a row, but it's Proverbs 28, one, that the wicked flee when no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. God said, to be looking for y'all. You're going to be running. You're um, just going to be living in, in this kind of terror and fear. And so that's the first block of what will happen if they don't obey. It starts all over again in verse 18. God says, and after all this, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. So it's coming in blocks. It's going it, to, it's, it, it went from verse 14 to verse 17. It's going to go from 18 to 20, from 21 to 22 and 23 to 27, and again in 28. And God is just saying, look, if, if, you, if this doesn't do it, I'll come, I'm going to come a little tougher with you guys. And so God turns it up a notch in verse 18. If you don't obey me now, I'll punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. God said, one of the things that, that will hinder you guys is is your own trust and your own power and your pride. You're proud of what you can do and of yourself. God said, I'm gonna break you of that pride. I'll break it that you look to me, that you'll humble yourself before me. Verse 20, and your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield its produce, nor shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. So here, God says, again, this is an agricultural culture. You guys are going to work hard, harvest the land, till the ground, sow the seed, water the earth, and you'll see it sprout up and come, but the the trees are not going to yield fruit. There won't be anything to eat coming off those trees. Again, once again, it'd be like going to work all week, but not getting paid, not getting anything for it. Um, God says you guys will be working hard, but, but it's not gonna be fruitful for you guys because, because you won't obey me. And again, some people read this and say, what isn't that the God of the Old Testament seems harsh? He seems like I mean, some people think that there's a different God. Like there's a God of the Old Testament, and He's mean. You know, just smoking people, killing them, burning them up with fire and brimstone, and, and then there's a God of the New Testament that's all lovey-dovey and you can just do whatever you want. It's all all right, it's all right. And it's not really true. Um, there are different covenants and there are different rules, but it's the same God. This would be the difference in the Old Testament. Uh, it, it's kind of like an immediate thing. You obey me. God said, I mean, I'm gonna bless you right now. My intentions are to do good to you now. So forth and so on. You come to the New Testament and we do enter in my grace and there's mercy and forgiveness. And there will still be people that are sowing poorly and reaping poorly. The downside will be this. the The major judgment for New Testament people comes when? After you die. And so people forget that God's not it's not like God was it, it, the, the, the severity of God. The judgment of God is severe at every at every time. It's bad for everybody. We don't want to be under the judgment of God. We want to find ourselves under his mercy. We want to find ourselves in a place of, of being received by the Lord and being right with him. And so here God is saying this is what's going to happen. He wants it to be a deterrent, though. God doesn't say these things because he wants to do it to them. He's wanting it to be a deterrent. But God is not a bad parent. Everybody's seen a parent that's threatening. You do that again. I whoop you and you one, one more time, two more times. You know, just they just threatening, threatening and never coming through. What happens to kids like that? They bad. They bad. They're terrible because they just know they tell they, they'll stomp on mama's toe and run away. And there's no discipline that them threats are empty. Well, God is not that kind of parent. If God says he'll do this, will he do it? People be saying, won't he do it? Yeah, he, he will. He'll do this, you know, just like he'll be good. And God said, look, if you do this, I, I will discipline you. I, I won't be, it won't be, it won't be fun either. But discipline is even, it, people miss that discipline is a loving thing, right? The, if discipline's goal is to bring you to repentance, to bring you to the end of yourself. And so anyone here that's ever been under the discipline of the Lord, God spanked you. God had to get a hold of you. God did that in love. Right. If he didn't love you, he could just let you keep going and and die in your immorality. But God intervenes through chastisement, discipline. God says in Hebrews that no discipline is pleasant for the present time, but painful. But it says, but afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. There's a fruit that will come from those that are trained by discipline. So, discipline's a good thing, uh, but it really comes to us. Do we respond well? And everybody here is different. Some people, God can just discipline you with a just a convict you, and you just oh broken, never do it again. God, sorry, you just God got you right there. Some of y'all, no, God's gotta God talk to you, and you just blow them off later. And God's gotta you know try to get your attention through 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 other means. Pop a tire. You let a scenario happen, lose a job, and it's just some people difficult things have to happen for them to finally say, okay, okay, okay. Some of y'all got to be on your back somewhere, just 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 flat on your back. Okay, okay, okay. You know, um, he'll do what it takes. He loves you that much. You know, guys, I, I, everyone's different. You know, my pastors say God's got a nutcracker for every nut, and uh, so you just you know, how hard is your head? How how how, more, how difficult do you need it to be? Um, but even that we need to see his mercy. And, and sometimes it's a difficult thing to see someone under chastisement because, you know, what we want we want it to stop. We see somebody we know they're doing wrong and we know that what they're going through is probably a result of what they're doing wrong. And just the heart of many people, you see them going through, you want to stop it and you try to intervene and you can't. You, can you stop God's judgment? Nope. it's just going to have to come another way. It'll just waste away some other kind of way. But, you know, there are times I've seen people and I know that what they're going through is I'm looking at how they live, how they live. And I know they know better. And I'm looking at the bottom fall out. And it's like, well, if you you just repent, that'd probably be the first. That's the best place to start. Just repent. And let's see what happens from there. But they haven't repented yet. And some parents, mamas especially, have a hard time watching that. You know, let me help you out. Let me pull you out of that. Let me undo that spanking. No, no, you can't. It's just God's. God's going to discipline if they're, if they're His. He's going to have His way. But discipline is a good thing for the child of God. It's not a bad thing. God's not punishing us because He's mean. He didn't. He wasn't threatening them with this because He's a mean God. He already told them what, what he really wanted to do. I really want to bless you, and He gave them all the ways He wants to bless them. But God knows us. He knows what they're like, and so He laid this out. There's a lesson here, I think, for us as parents. Some parents are really good at discipline but really poor at reward and blessing. Some parents know how to discipline, hold their kids to the fire, get, the, get all they can get out of them, make them do their best, um, but they don't know about how to bless a kid, you know how to, how to lavish them with blessings. I think it has to be the same. If, if I'm going to get you real good when you mess up, I got to bless you real good when you're, you're doing right. Uh, I want you to know that I'd rather us just live right here over this area right here. We can just, I'd love to just be able to bless you. And you be in my favor and we be in everything to be good. And I could just lavish the blessings that I can provide upon you. I'd rather us live right here. And if you do right, that's where we'll be. But if you don't, I'll do this other thing. Some parents only know how to be good to their kids. They want to give Johnny everything he wants, do everything, just bless him. He bless him when he's bad. It's grace. And don't know anything about discipline. I just want you to know that God does both. He does both. And when he's being good, he's being really good. And when you get in a whooping, you get in a real whooping. Discipline is discipline. His goodness is his goodness. He does both. And some of us can take a lesson from that. Um, Most of our kids need both. Um, So moving on, verse 21, it says, then if you walk contrary to me and are not willing to obey, I will bring on you seven times more plagues according to your sins. I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, destroy your livestock, and make you few in number. And your highways shall be desolate. So here God said, if you don't obey this time, I'm going to send seven worse things. There'll be plagues that come among you guys. I'm going to send wild beasts. Again, they lived out in the wild. One of the promises for them as they were obeying the Lord it was that God would, um, he would clean the land. He said this in verse 6. I will rid the land of evil beasts. Right? I'll make sure that the the, the lions and the wild animals not coming down your road to get your kids. But he said, if you guys walk in disobedience, I'm going to send wild beasts. And I actually was watching, uh, I watched animal channel shows and they were showing one area and I, I, I forget if it was Taiwan, Thailand or somewhere like that, but they had these, uh, the black panthers, uh, were going in and they were snatching up people's kids regularly. Um, kids were getting if, if the kids were walking out through the town they would be you know out there in the jungles or whatever and they were snatching up these kids and eating them and so that people were out there hunting and trying to find it and get it out of there and I read this and I look at that and I thought wow this is a real thing some people really live like that some people live in areas you know we might have to deal with some pit bulls and some crazy neighbors but they were living in areas where you know animals will come out and 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 eat your livestock and eat your children God says I'll, I will allow be part of my punishment. Um, I will send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, destroy your life so I can make you few in number. There'll be less of you. That means y'all will be getting eaten up by animals. Again, I look at that and I just think there's a lot of ways. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to die. There's a few ways I would probably not like to die. Um, I don't think it would be fun to burn. I uh, don't want to drown, but I know there's a the drowning can only last so long, but I would not want to be eaten by animal. Uh, what if they start with my legs you know what if they start at you know i wouldn't want to be eaten alive by animal that that would seem to me to be one of the most um one of the most i mean not you know, I, I, shoot me you know let me blow up in a bomb or something but don't have a i mean eaten alive by animal i don't think i would enjoy that we had a a pastor's getaway when i was at uh, my old church and i'm not a camper i have never been camping i never been to the mountains and we were going to go up to the Sequoias for this pastor's getaway. And some of these guys are campers and they're all excited. And I'm not. I'm thinking a getaway to me is a hotel, somewhere nice, a swimming pool. We're getting ready to go live where the bears live. How is this a getaway? And I got to live in a tent and sleep on the air. Maybe it doesn't sound comfortable. I, you know, I, I wasn't excited about it at all. But I, I, and, you know, I was going to go and I was going. And one of the pastors you know, he thought it was, I'm afraid of animals and bears. I'm, not, I'm not, not afraid of them. I don't necessarily want to go live where the bears live. And all I got protecting me from the bears is a tent. I'd like a burrito to a bear, you know, I'm not interested, but he brought me this picture on his laptop. He said, hey, check this out. And it was a Kodiak bear that had eaten a man alive from the feet up. And by the time they caught the bear, the, the bear was up to here with the man. And they caught him and they had the picture of the guy and they had a picture of the bear after they killed him with blood all over his hands and his mouth. And he brought me that. I thought I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That was that was real special. But that, that would not be the way I would want to go. You know, so God told them one of the things going to happen. If you guys don't obey me, part of the d- discipline, uh, live uh, wild animals are going to be turned loose on you guys. He starts all over again in verse 23. He says, and if by these things you are not reformed to me, but walk contrary. So so we've had three times where he stopped now. Verse 14, he says, if you don't obey me, I'm going to do all this to you guys. And verse 18, he says, now, after all this, if you don't obey me, I'm going to do this. And verse 21, if you still walk contrary to me, I'm going to do this. And Now we're in verse 23. He says, and if by all these things you are not reformed to me, but walk contrary to me. Then I also will walk contrary to you and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins. And here goes the list. Verse 25 to 27. I will bring a sword against you that will execute the vengeance of the covenant. When you are gathered together within your cities, I will send pestilence among you and you shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. When I have cut off your supply of bread, 10 women shall bake your bread in one oven. And they shall bring back your bread by weight. You shall eat and not be satisfied. Remember, one of the blessings of obedience was that they were going to eat and be satisfied. You're going to eat to the full. You're going to have more than enough. You're going to fill up your thing. You're going to put away the old stuff because you got more new stuff coming in. It'd be like getting groceries and you got so much new groceries coming in. You're taking the old stuff and getting rid of it to make room for the new. That was going to be how they were living under blessing. God says here, 10 women. So normally one woman would bake her bread in one stove for her family. Ten women will all be able to bake their bread in one of them. And when they get the bread, it won't be enough. They're going to eat it and not be satisfied. And so guys, that's how bad the, the pestilence. that's how bad the, the, the times of famine are going to be. That you all will be hungry. Instead of enjoying my blessing, you guys are going to be going without. Why? Because you guys are on obeying. Now, at any point, what could they do to turn things around at any point? Just repent. That's 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 all they have. At, at any point, as you look at how horrific these things are, because the the, the we can start to get our attention on God, like God, what, that's just so much. That's so harsh. But we have to recognize that any moment they can say we repent. Oh, we bad. We messed up. My bad. And God would God would relent. God would say, OK, OK, because I, I really want to bless you anyway. So if you repent, I forgive and we'll get back going again. The, the option of repentance was always there for them, just like it's always there for us. We can always repent. If you're living and breathing, you can repent. You can turn away from any wicked way. You can turn away from any mistake. You can turn away from any wrong way of living. You can turn away and turn back to the Lord at any point. And God will forgive you and show mercy and love you and receive you. No one repents. And God says, no, mm -mm, no, you can't come back. You know, you you repent. God will receive you. That's a blessing. Something that we could take for granted uh, something people could take advantage of and just kind of, well, since I know I can, I just kind of wait, but you really want to be thankful for the privilege that I, I can always be right with God. So why would I ever not be? God will always forgive me. I can always repent and turn back to him. Why, why wouldn't I? Why would I, why would I wait? Why would I linger any longer in separation from God and distance from him when I could repent and be close today? If you look at the letters in Revelation chapter two and three, that Jesus wrote to the seven churches each letter is written like a like an evaluation notice from an employer, and with each church, he shares the things that are good. If there's anything commendable, he tells them. If there's things that need to be fixed or things that are not right, he tells them. And with each church, where there was something that was not right, God always gave them a way to get it right. He never just said, you know, this church is really messed up. You guys are doing wrong. You guys are half-hearted. You guys are lukewarm. And that's it. He never just said, bad, bad, bad and left them. He said, y'all are lukewarm. And this is what you can do to get it right. You guys love your first love. You guys can remember, repent, and repeat, and get right with me. God gave every one of them that was in sin, he gave them a roll back. And so we need to remember that. That God has made, the. there's always a roll back to him if you want it. Uh, we can always turn back. And so Uh, We don't want to be out there distant from the Lord unnecessarily when God says, come on back, come back to me. And so we, we want to we want to take advantage of the privilege of being able to come back to the Lord. Amen.
0: Pastor Bill Buffington will share more from the book of Leviticus right here on A Transforming Word. But that's all we have time for today. A Transforming Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood, and our prayer is that this ministry touches your faith in such a way that you grow closer to Jesus. We know just how hard it is to live like Christ in a world full of darkness. But just as the Israelites had to learn, God is near. Even when you don't see him, even when you don't feel him, even when you don't understand him. He is near and he is for you. His grace is endless and his love is deep. When the pressures of this world get to you, remember who you are in him, If you'd like to learn more about the book of Leviticus and you'd like to study the Bible more deeply, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the word on a daily basis. Just visit calvaryenglewood.org and you'll find resources and tools to help you continue to grow in your faith. Before we go, we also want to let you know that you can connect with us on social media too. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We'll add some uplifting content to your week. A Transforming Word is a broadcast on the radio, and our goal is to help spread the good news of the gospel. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to calvaryinglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. Thanks for your support and thanks for tuning in. To learn more from Leviticus, Be sure to join us next time right here on A Transforming Word.